and then as far as like new franchisees and development, you know, we've we've really like our process. It's amazing. Like franchise development process should never stay the same year over year. It should change every single year. Right. Like if you're like listening to this and you're a new franchisor, like whatever you started with three years ago, not that it's going to look completely different, but it should definitely look different. You know, um, you know what what we learned is you, you start to understand what franchisees are having success in your system. You start to better understand which KPIs drive the business uh, the furthest, and then you you need to provide solid education around what makes you successful. So our our development process is really turning into more of like an education process. Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. We are on a mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs just like you take action through franchise ownership, allowing you to obtain more financial freedom, time with family, and ultimately a business that can run on its own without you. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. We've got a very special guest, Ben Rudolph, co-CEO of Whoops Macaroon. Ben has become a friend of mine, fellow New York City franchise professional and executive and, and entrepreneur. And what we're going to be getting into in this show is you know lessons learned along the way, war stories of COVID and development and operations in franchising. Ben comes from a tremendous background in franchising. He started, like me, in lead generation went from a lead generation company into starting his own lead generation consultancy business and then eventually CEO of one of the, originally one of the, one of his clients he became the CEO and we're going to be getting into what makes a great development director what um how to overcome if your business was if your brand was something that had challenges everyone had challenges during covid but if you had significant challenges or even had closures because of covid what to do now how to talk to candidates about that and what you know what your brand could be doing we get into just overall just a lot of fun conversation about franchise development so tune in and uh we'll see you at the end of the show your host here Dan Claps with a special guest and friend of mine Ben Wardoff CEO of Whoops Macarons and Gifting. How you doing, Ben? Good man. What's up? Hopefully, I said that that properly. I know there's different ways to say macaroon. It's all good. Uh, the technical pronunciation is macaron, uh, but macaroon is very well accepted in the in the states for sure. So, uh, it, where did it start? Uh, overseas, France. We actually manufacture um, in Belgium, um, but it's a European uh, product that's. Uh, become wildly popular here in the States. And we are fortunate to be the largest uh, retailer of French macaroons in the U.S. right now and continue to grow our brand. So we're pretty pumped. Awesome. Well, you have you have like a pretty extensive background in franchising, though, before this brand. Do you want to maybe just start with how you got into, into franchising? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going back a little bit earlier in my career, um, Started in finance, uh, have a finance degree in undergrad, um, was in banking industry for a little while, uh, decided I didn't want to be uh, a finance guy my whole life, um, which is ironic because I want to be a finance guy now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I got out of finance after about four years, got into operations, um, you know, ran some, some very high volume restaurants in Atlanta and also San Diego. And, uh, you know, um, you haven't had children yet, but I had my son 
uh, which changed things a lot. Uh, so was just you know looking to get into uh, a more uh, consistent role, uh, position job, whatever you want to call it. And um, I took a business development job, ironically, in the franchise space. Um, so you're familiar with uh, franchise portals, uh, which generate um, you know good leads for for franchisors and and help them grow the franchise development program. So ended up uh, in a business development role uh, for what is now Franchise Ventures. Uh, and they've got a network of lead gen portals uh, that help brands grow um, their franchise system. So, you know, spent uh, about five to six years in that role. Um, uh, learned a ton about franchising, you know, like had an opportunity to work with right. startup companies, you know, um, middle market companies, all the way up to like large companies like Subway. And, you know, you, you as, as a lead provider, especially with younger brands, mm. you end up kind of in a consulting role, like teaching them yeah. how to do franchise development. Yeah. So I did this over and over and over kind of in my, in my role. And um, like you and I travel and, and do a lot of, uh, you know, the conferences and uh, franchise development and leadership. And so it was like organically attending all these events mm. and learning more and more and more. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, you know, uh, the stubborn side of me decided like, you know, like, um, I can do this myself. So mm. <laughs> left my job, you know, started, uh, a small consult consulting group and, uh, spe you know, spe specializing in franchise development mm. and, uh, took on a few clients and, um, whoops was one of my first clients and, you know, speed things up a bit here, but, you know, we, you know, built the re recruitment process correctly. We built the digital platforms correctly. We built, uh, the legion correctly, just because you know, fortunately, I had that that background, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, we took you know a, a great young brand, exciting New York City based brand um, in the in the gifting and French macaron space, and uh, we grew it to fifty two locations in about three years, which is not super common, you know, in the space, as you know. Yeah, uh, probably leveraging your your background and knowledge, partnered with a great brand as well. Yeah, definitely a combination of both. Yeah. Um, Great brand, um, uh, great partners at the brand, uh, great product, um, great uh, just visuals of the brand and and, and design, uh, and then you pair that with like great marketing systems, good sales process, um, good unit economics, which is ultimately the the most important thing in franchising uh, successful locations, and you're able to grow quick. So, awesome story. Thank you. If you're in, you know, if you're in development, you know that awarding franchises is no easy feat. And, you know, that amount of growth in such a short period of time is, is something to really, you know, attest to your, your background skill set and, and the power of the brand. But let's just go back for a moment for anyone that's listening to this show that maybe doesn't, you know, know franchise vendors. Could you just define like what really a portal is, what franchise vendors, uh, franchise vendors, franchise ventures is, and some of their lead gen that you were exposed to? Yeah, so Franchise Ventures is a network of uh, franchise uh, lead generation websites. Mm -hmm. uh, so their their sole purpose is to optimize uh, uh, a group of you know traffic or potential buyers of franchises, and then they host um, ads on their their network. Uh, you know, you know, and 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 in reality, like they they you know they have. They've consolidated a bit, but I think maybe six to eight websites now. Mm. So they control a 
you know, I don't know the exact percentage, but a decent chunk of the traffic on the internet looking for franchises just in, right. in reality. So uh, they leverage that traffic uh, to run advertisements, uh, to promote uh, franchise opportunities, which ultimately uh, through, you know, information forms uh, convert into leads, which are ultimately, uh, you know, instantly pretty much transferred to the franchisor, franchise development person at the respective brand. Um or, you know, directly to their email or uh, many times integrated into their CRN system and right into the franchise development sales process. You know, it, it's interesting because like people say a lot of times if they they call it portals and portals is a giant blanket statement of lead gen for, for anyone in development. Sure, but, sure. You know, there's only so many people Googling, how do I buy a franchise or what's a profitable franchise? And with this company, it sounds like to me, they've got a large market share of that internet real estate for that specific search. They do. They do. They have for a very long time. It's It's uh, been pretty uh, amazing the run they've had. Um, there's certainly other ways to generate leads, but, uh, you know, um, that's usually part of the mix for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. You've got them. You've got Click. You've got, you know, my old company, Career Transition Leads. No franchise case, Direct. Franchise Direct. Yep. Um, franchise Direct is not part of? They are not. They are separate. Um, and there's Franchise Help, I believe, also, who's yeah. based here. Um, franchise Help's based in New York. I yeah. believe they're based in New York, yeah. And then there's Fifth Avenue and yep. Executive. Yep. And then I think there's a few other that come here and there, but I think those are the foundational legion. Hopefully, I'm not missing anybody if they're listening. <laughs> That's most of them. I'm sure we're missing one or two, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones you see at all the shows. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's interesting. You come, we have similar backgrounds. Like, if yeah. you're, if you're watching this show, Ben and I are here in New York City. We've kind of hit it off being, you know, some of the only New York City franchise professionals. But what I see in our conversations has always been is Ben has kind of gone down a path that I'm embarking on really starting. And sure. Uh, so, cause you had, you were, you were in lead gen, just to summarize, you're in lead gen, you learned a lot, you end up going on your own, start doing your own consultancy work in lead gen and development. Right. And then Back then, Whoops is a client of yours before now running the company. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> so at one point, where do you decide that it's time to leave the consultancy and just jump in with, with Whoops? Oh, man. That's a, uh, that's a great question. Um, I'm trying to think the exact year, but it was... So we started, we started our partnership in 15. Mm -hmm. um, and 15 was predominantly... Um, uh, getting the legal work, uh, the FDD work, the disclosure filings, and everything uh, you know, set and ready to legally be able to award franchise licenses. So that was a big chunk of 15. Also, kind of simultaneously in 15, I was building website. Um, I was building uh, lead gen systems. Mm -hmm. I was building franchise sales process. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also learning a little bit because, you know, conceptually, I knew how to do all that. But but I never executed it, you know. Uh, so you know, uh, very similar to like where you're at right now, like trying to quickly learn all this stuff and and be prepared and you know uh, get it all going. So um, we, yeah. So 15 was mostly that we awarded our first franchise license in 16. You know, lead gen kind of kicked off early 16. Okay. Um, you know, leads started coming in, sales process, etc. Um, awarded a first franchise license around the end of Q1, Q2, 16. Mm. 
Um, and then, you know, we started growing pretty quickly. Uh, I believe it was 17. I also became a Whoops franchisee uh, okay. because I was still in a consulting role. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't fully integrated, you know, into the team or the partnership sure. group. Uh, sure. Still kind of on, I mean, you know, working them with them on a you know, daily, weekly basis, of course, but uh, not technically part of the team at that point. So I went on to become a multi-unit franchisee. I ended up opening three locations uh, in about a year time. Uh, three in, in one year? Uh, yep, just a, around one year. Yeah. In, in this area or? Uh, in Atlanta area. So That's I was, right, right. I was, here, I right? was living in Atlanta at the time. So we opened up a location. Our first location was um, Lenox Square Mall in Buckhead, mm-hmm. uh, not too far from Franchise Leadership Development Conference there at right. Intercontinental on Peachtree. Uh, second location was in Buford, Georgia, which is about 45 minutes north mm-hmm. up I-85 uh, at Mall of Georgia. Mm. And then, <laughs> which I don't necessarily recommend opening franchises this fast and this far apart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is just like some, you know, <laughs> franchisee knowledge we'll, we'll bump on here in the development podcast. Open another location further up 85 in Greenville, South Carolina, mm. Haywood Mall. Um, so was, you know, owning, operating those locations and then, um, you know, s- still handling the development stuff on the corporate level. Yeah. And, uh, and we were, you know, was also on the ops team too. So we were opening, like we were flying to open locations as well. So <laughs> at this point, you're seven <laughs> days a week, opening yeah, locations, yeah. Yeah, selling locations, seven days a week, running your own locations. Yeah. It was seven days a week. Um, it was, it was very taxing to be honest with you. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like something I've learned about you is, you know, you, you are a true entrepreneur in in my eyes. And I see you still to some degree on that seven day, you know, obviously you balance your family and life, but you're always thinking and growing. And, you know, we're here today on a, on a, hence my casualness. We're here on a Sunday (laughs) recording this and I knew you'd be available. Not that you'd be available. I knew you'd be willing to maybe jump in here on a weekend. Cause oh yeah, for sure. You're always kind of on the, this is great. This is like the, Best time for me, you yeah. know, because it's like, you know, yeah. all the other chaos is going on. So this is, I would prefer to do it at this time, you I'm know. I'm about to block a, a rolling Sunday morning yeah. podcast slot here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. So uh, just getting back. So <clears throat> so things were getting a little crazy, to be honest with you, because we were like, uh, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd sell a location and we'd like, you know, we'd like literally, man, like we were doing franchise development calls like in hallways of malls like while we were opening locations headset in while you're 100 percent like wow like walk out take a call walk through like the hallways of the inside of the mall do a dev call for 45 minutes yeah come back in finish up you know finishing you know setting up the kiosk and helping train the franchisee and uh so it was a pretty it was a pretty wild i mean 50 locations in three years with all this going on was pretty wild three years i mean it was fun it was exciting but it was, it was wild. <laughs> it's funny. Like, as you're saying it, like if someone's, if, if you're listening and not watching the show, like, you know, you, I, I, what I see is you just lighting up about that time, like that, like the war room you were in. Yeah. Just making it happen. Yeah. Yeah. We were making it happen. Total bootstrapping. I mean, just total bootstrapping. Um, so I, I, as things, as things, so I guess we're getting into like, uh, you know, like 18, I don't, I don't know exactly what quarter, but, 
um, uh, it was getting a little intense, right? Trying to manage the locations, yeah. try and, you know, grow this brand. And uh, so, you know, I met with the, with the partners. Um, I just said, listen, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in being here in a, a broader capacity and a longer, more long-term capacity. Uh, decided to, to uh, transact on my locations and, and sell the ones I had on the franchisee side of the fence just to get, you know, some of that off my plate. Uh, so I was able to successfully get out of those. Um, and, and sell to a franchisee, you know, that we brought in, uh, which okay. is great. Um, and then, you know, I said, you know, I want to be here, but I, you know, I don't, I don't you know, I don't want to work for you guys, <laughs> you know? Um, and so we, you know, we, we worked together to create a, an operating agreement. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I invested money also in the brand as well. Simultaneously, I believed in what we were doing and in, in the future. Uh, so we, uh, you know, we structured an operating agreement uh, for 18, 19 uh, was mostly, uh, you know, VP of development and operations uh, for the brand uh, and, and part of the partnership owner group. And, uh, you know, 2020, we hit the COVID monster. So before we get into the, the COVID monster, because this is an amazing story from where, you you know, at 2020 to, to now 2023 early yeah. in. Before we get into that, um, I just, so you're, you're, I just want to understand this better. So you're, you're talking to franchisees. And you, when you're talking to a candidate and you're in the, they're in the development process, you're able to say like, look, like I live and breathe this brand. I'm in, the, I'm, you're talking to me right now. I'm in the mall. Yeah. I'm a franchisee, not only the sales yeah. development person. Yeah. And then they would, you, you award 50, 50, 52, 52 units in three years, end up exiting successfully from the units you have. So you can focus on the brand more partner, put some cash in, become a partner in the Corporate business, correct. Lead development and usher the growth into nineteen, in, into twenty, and now we're at the COVID monster. Yeah. Okay. In a in a retail mall driven business. Yep. With fifty two, are mostly franchisees at that time? Are they multi unit? Are they one two? What the majority were multi unit. Okay, I so think we, over. I think uh, this may not be exactly correct, but it's very close. Sixty percent were multi unit. Okay, so assuming maybe like 30 franchisees or 25 yeah. or so franchisees, yeah. that sound about right? Correct. Okay, 25 franchisees, still young in the business, COVID hits, what what happens? So let me say one thing before we get into COVID. You just made me think of something. Um, for franchise development people, I will tell you, I think some of the best are people that are in a, come from operations, which mm. may seem counterintuitive. Because you think of the development guy as the classic, you know, sales guy and the ops guy as the technical guy in the ground. But when you're in, it doesn't matter what sales you're in, like you have to know your shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and when you are in operations and you go into development, you know your shit because mm-hmm. you've been there um, and learned it and tasted it and, and the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Um, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Not that you, not that you can't successfully grow and <laughs> in, 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 in open new units without having operations experience, but it does what you said is 100% correct. It lends an extraordinary amount of credibility mm. being like, I know exactly how to run this and how the point of sales system works. You know, I know how to, you know, whatever, grow my B2B business. You know, I've, I've been there, I've done it. Um, and it's, you know, it's, a, it's an instant, um, you know, I think advantage as you enter a, a recruitment conversation with a candidate. 
I think spot on. I mean, when I was at Career Transition Leads, a lot of my time would be spent talking to a potential franchise candidate, someone who's yeah. or franchise consultant, someone who's going to potentially be a franchise consultant. And people would often ask me, you know, on that call, what I thought made a successful franchise consultant. And one of the things I would say doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be the case. For sure. But a franchisee, they had already been a franchisee or franchise corporate development role where you've actually lived and breathed franchise and then becoming a franchise coach, of course, would make sense to become easier. And the side of the development role makes complete sense to me as well. If they were already in, you're saying uh, franchise or operations, or you're saying if they were a franchisee or both? Either one, you know, just being like behind counters, like, you know, transacting with customers, yeah. like, you know, in that experience, uh, it helps, you know, part of our, you know, which maybe we'll get to later, but, you know, part of our, uh, franchise development process is like we just had a great call on Friday. We've got a new wave of folks coming in. Uh, you know, it's like meet the ops team. Like you know, meet my partner Raj, who's a small business expert. Meet Matt. You know, you met Matthew at our our, our networking events. Like meet Matt. You know, he's extraordinary behind the counter. Like how do you execute operationally? How do you make the business successful? Uh, so that operations piece is just so, I just think paramount to, you know. Uh, you know, the process or can be, you know, a major advantage in, in, you know, whether someone decides to move forward with the brand or not. Now, Matt, I've met and lives and breathes the brand, comes from an operations running and opening other businesses in his past life too. You're saying, so someone like himself would make, and, and is he moving into, I feel like I saw something on like, is he in development now? He, he's helping us with some of our development calls, yeah. you know, like, and he was, you know, he's in a, um, uh, Rhode, uh, Providence, Rhode Island, where we're <clears throat> acquiring, you know, one of our, our our franchisee locations back and ramping it up. That's been underperforming, and he, so he's like <laughs> living in Rhode Island right now. Yeah, uh, ramping this up, but doing remote calls with franchisees in the development process. And you know, it's it's like he's like, hey, I'm here. I'm I'm in the field. I'm 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 running this location. Yeah. You know, here's how you do it. Yeah, I mean, there's no. There's no better. I can say all the great stuff I want to. Yeah. But, but that's like the real stuff, you know? It's it's interesting because like as I bring on my team for for my new company, I exactly that. We brought on a CMO recently who's been in franchising for a really long time, very experienced, over a decade. Um, but we also felt like he could talk to a candidate. Like yeah. he was a, he, not a salesperson, but yeah. personable, able to articulate the good and the bad and the ugly of of any type of business. I, I agree with you. Uh, we'll see, because it's funny. I you joked with me. Ben and I were were together recently uh, at, with our our uh, our families, and and he he had said to me, which I I will always remember because it's so freaking true <laughs> that he can't can't at the time of recording this. I haven't launched my brand yet, but he said let's let's hang out in six months when your eyes are dark circles and hairs falling out because because of, <laughs> <laughs> of how hard it is, and I I know it is, but um anyway. So so you, you your opinion is. If you're getting into one of the best development people can be in opera. So if someone's listening to this and they're an operations leader in franchising or they're a franchisee, they perhaps could move into the development role and do really well. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's not a sales role. I mean, it is a franchise development is not really a sales role. It's a consulting role. Yeah. It's, this is how the brand works. This is how you're successful. Um, it's mostly inbound lead gen. So it's not really a hunter kind of sales role you know yeah. you and i have like, yeah. like we both have like that hunter like right, go right. go f you know find stuff yeah right. mentality in business but you, you don't 
need that. You need like a, a, a process-driven uh, consultant uh, that, that knows their stuff, that knows the brand, that knows how it works. Um, so that's, I mean, that's all operations. You know what I mean? It's just very tactical. Uh, so I think, you know, again, I think some of the best development people come from a background of operations or at a bare minimum, understand it very well yeah. uh, for the brand they're representing. I agree. If you're enjoying this episode, please click the subscribe button and make sure to connect with the Franchise Founders Podcast on LinkedIn. All right, so COVID Monster, chapter two of the saga. Yeah, COVID Monster. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we, so March 2022, I land back in Atlanta from a flight. I was traveling with my son. Um, got a text from one of my partners. Um, he's like, uh, we need to have a call. Like now. I'm like, okay. So we have a call. Four hours later, we were on the phone letting everybody in our company go. Uh, because everything was going to shut down. And we looked at the numbers and our vulnerability. And you know, 80% of our business is being in malls. And just kind of collectively everything that was going on. Yeah. And we felt that, well, we knew it was going to be a mess. We didn't, at the time, I don't think anybody knew how, at what level or <laughs> how bad of a mess it was going to be. Uh, but we felt at the time, like getting our folks into like whatever benefits were coming, whatever um, unemployment that was coming, mm. like getting them to the front of the line of that, mm. we felt was the most prudent move at the time. Um, in hindsight, I think we were right. I think it was a good move, yeah. um, but it was painful. Um, and then we had, we were owning, we owned and operated uh, four to f- uh, actually five to six locations. I can't remember exactly in and around New York City, like, you know, uh, inline stores, mm. kiosk. Um, we ultimately, I'll move through this a bit, but we ultimately shut them all down. You know, our landlords still wanted the rent. Um, and as you know, living in New York City, they're not the kindest people in the world. No way you're getting out of that. Yeah. And uh, so we built a plan, man. We spent probably, I think we went through a series of 10 partner calls. All of them were probably two to four hours a piece over, you know, about a three-week period. Mm. Uh, we built a strategic plan uh, to try and get through. Honestly, full disclosure, one of the things was on the table was shutting this thing down now and just going on to do something else. Mm. Um, that was a very serious consideration at the time. Uh, but we uh, ultimately decided to keep moving forward. Um, we One of the things that is very, as you know, in franchising unprecedented is just uh, letting a franchisee out of their agreement. Yeah. Uh, we went to our franchisees as a community. Uh, we met with them all one-on-one. Uh, we said, you know, we are... And when we had these meetings, we weren't exactly sure yet which directions we were going to go to stay alive. But we said, we don't know what's going to happen. We may or may not be here. We are definitely going to do things that are out of our usual line of business uh, to mm-hmm. try and survive. Um, we are not going to continue growing through franchising because we have no idea how stores or how we could get them open or even how they would perform or what's happening next. Uh, so franchise development will not be an emphasis. And we took, uh, the, you know, the four partners and we basically all took different pieces of the business and we, we went in different directions. Um, 
ultimately, it was basically like almost exactly 50%. We went from 52 locations to 26. We went from, you know, we'd built the system-wide revenue to roughly 15 million. Uh, we dropped to basically zero. And then when things started popping back online, we, you know, we were back at about seven. So we lost mm. 50% of our revenue. Uh, we still had all the same expenses. Right. Um, still had all the same, you know, leases. Still had, you know, um, you know, we we payroll was down because we let, you know, had to, unfortunately had to let folks go in our stores, and uh, but we whittled the corporate team back just to the partnership group. Uh, we looked at three strategic areas, uh, not knowing what may or may not pan out uh, to grow. Uh, so corporate gifting is, you know, that's our business. It's in our DNA. It's what we know best. Um, <clears throat> so we took corporate gifting. Uh, we at a very difficult time to hire. We did make some strategic investments. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to uh, recruit two salespeople um, from Godiva Chocolate on their corporate sales team. I was just like in full recruiter mode. Yeah, HR guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like uh, found a couple uh, good guys uh, that are still with us uh, today. Uh, so I was able to get a couple guys on on the team with some experience uh, with with a serious corporate gifting brand like Adiva. Uh, we looked at wholesale, which was my the thing that I was leading, uh, trying to get into uh, grocery stores, markets. Like I was like in Atlanta, like running around, like in the grocery stores, dropping macaroon samples. Yeah, you know, just trying to get accounts. Um, and the other thing we did, we tried to compete in e-commerce. Um, okay. And tried to speed that up. Um, I'll tell you now, in hindsight, what happened was uh, e-commerce was really not that successful. We increased revenue, mm. uh, but the competition for market share, ad spend was through the roof. Mm. I mean, every company in the world's trying to do e-commerce. Yeah. So from a, like a, a profit and loss perspective, it was not a successful um, channel for us. Um, wholesale, which I was running, we did secure a few smaller um, um, grocery chains, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but very difficult again. Uh, wholesale is very thin margins, and to have thin margins, you got to have high volume. And even if you do land a big account, you got to have capital to yeah. fund the inventory. Yeah, right. It's just like yeah, uh, wasn't successful for us either. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, we we we. Increased revenue in that area, but it's definitely not what saved us. Uh, but corporate gifting was what ultimately got us through. Um, we landed, you know, we landed a couple pretty large accounts uh, that we still have today that we're still servicing. Mm. Um, and we were all selling corporate gifting. So one of the verticals that um, <laughs> kind of arose out of COVID, it was there before, but it was on steroids, was like employee gifting because everybody's working from home and. Mm. You know, trying to keep morale yeah. up, right, and right. you know the lockdowns and all the you know the garbage with that came with that. So we did like a ton of like you know drop shipping gifts to employees, like for tech companies and finance companies. And so when you when you talk um, corporate gifting, we're talking about an ability to land an account with a corporation that wants to do gifting, right, and use Whoops as the product that they provide is the gift. Correct. You took that, what, what saved that revenue stream that you 
identified and created and ended up inevitably saving the company through COVID. Correct. I'm assuming is now passed on to franchisees that can do that in their business. They can absolutely do it in their business. Uh, like is that sure. a core focus now for a hundred percent? It was before it was becoming very heightened pre COVID. Mm-hmm. Like we started shifting in like, you know, 18, 19, because we could have gone a couple different routes, right? So, you know, we compete with a company called La Macaron who does a franchise um, and they do a, a really nice job. They've, they've grown a lot of locations and um, they've done a great job in the franchise space, but they are more of a dessert concept. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an inline store. They have a lot of other desserts. They have uh, nice macarons, um, you know, and it's it's a heavily retail kind of dessert store. So what we started seeing was like, you know, like, and let's give you an example. Uh, uh, like numerically, like, you know, during like Q4, when we do corporate gifting, the average transaction amount is around 1500 Wow. So like, do I want to sell like a $10, <laughs> yeah. you know, macaroon and <laughs> right. piece of chocolate? Or right. do I want to get into that game? Um, so the, the pandemic really kind of, you know, <laughs> you hear this all the time, like either you're not here now or like you're running lean and mean and a much smarter company, which yeah. ultimately be, we became. Uh, so we doubled down on, on corporate gifting. And what we're working on now this year, you know, 2022 was, okay, 21 was still kind of, all right, survival, get get the P&L even uh, corporately across the, the, the companies. Yeah. Uh, t- 2022 was like, starting to focus on on growth channels and rebuild franchise yeah. and, and 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 starting to edge our way towards really kind of growing again um and you know 2023 is now really like full franchise focus you know mm-hmm. we're working on ways to um like a lot of our inbound lead generation like s- someone coming to us that wants corporate gifting or mm-hmm. interested in corporate mm-hmm. gifting mm-hmm. you know That's if it lead source yeah element. yeah lead yeah lead gen for for b2b mm-hmm. like if that was you know you know if that was always in a franchisee space they automatically got that inquiry but you know we we only have 26 locations so we have tons of white space yeah so you know our corporate team you know is fulfilling that or or, or selling the transaction so 2023, like we're shifting everything franchise. Like all leads are going to franchisee. All of our sales efforts are focused on franchise development oh, and see. opening locations. And everything this year is about accelerating even further unit economics, ensuring the success of our franchisees and growing the system. So you're taking what you what inevitably saved your company, the corporate gifting that you that you built a system around, a playbook right. around, yep. that you now are taking that infrastructure and using it as a value proposition to to provide to your franchisees. Yep. And the new franchisees that you bring in in 2023 and beyond have that national account creation, if you will, yep. that's getting passed on. Correct. To, so in this, in this, now that we've like, it's 2023, we're out of the COVID. Like, cause what I've learned about you, Ben, is like, what makes you a great CEO is the fact that one, I, I find that you don't hold back anything. Like you say how it is. Like yeah. you mentioned to the franchisees, like this is the reality. These are the facts of what we can do. You're, we're allow you know, we're allowing you out of your agreements because that's the the compassionate right thing to do. For sure. And you knew that like through this, you'd be able to move on eventually. If you did the right thing, you'd be able to do, move on eventually and, and go forward. So I guess 
my major question in the development side, if someone's listening to this and they, they are in a brand, let's say they're a franchise development director and they're in a brand that also was not quote unquote COVID proof. And now they're back up and, and awarding units. What is your advice to someone on how you handle that question? So I'm a candidate and I say to you, like, I love this business. Obviously things are great again, but what are you going to do if there's another COVID or another pandemic? Yeah. How do you, and, and, and to the fact that you lost stores, how do you answer that question from a development standpoint? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I tell them the same thing I just told you just very bluntly, like, this is what happened. Like, can't change it. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know about the next pandemic or, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Russia, Ukraine, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like the reality is like, you gotta take some risk if you're gonna be in business, you know? Uh, these are like, you know, uh, in my assessment, and I could be wrong and I, uh, you know, I hope I'm not, but you know, these are once in lifetime kind of events. Right. But yeah. the one thing I can tell them is like, <laughs> just very honestly, like we saved our company with corporate gifting. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel very bullish on whatever's coming, Yeah. you know, and at some point you, you know, if you want to be a business owner or an entrepreneur or whatever, whatever you're talking to me, you got to take some risk. If we were able to pull this thing out of the depths of despair through corporate gifting, yeah. imagine what we could do if we had to. Now we've got, like you would just go and lean into that even more. Harder, yeah, double down. And I also think that what what you've shown to a franchisee that you can articulate, and anyone can articulate if they're a development director is or consultant, is look, this is we, we what you've shown, and this is what like I just, what I hear, an ability... Forget about COVID because there could be COVID. There could be Amazon makes a change. There could be regulation, recession, you know, all the. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. But you as a leadership team have the ability to be nimble, buckle down and, 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 and pivot. Yeah. And so a franchisee can know that they're investing in a leadership team that could do that again in any search circumstance unforeseen. I feel as confident as ever about our leadership team and our brand. I mean, ever. You guys been like to war and you're like. To war. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, we don't even. Like, we don't even give a shit anymore. Like, wh- wh- bring it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Like, wh- <laughs> you know. Uh. I, I saw this quote that I I really freaking, I'm going to probably screw it up. But like, I feel the same way. Like, I've been through some stuff in 2022. And, and what I've learned about myself is that if you put me in, like, if you put me in that corner over there and there's no way out, like, I thrive in that environment. I don't want to be there. Yeah. If you put me there, I'll, I'll, something inside me will, will come out. And so there's this saying, like, when you face a, a problem, like and this way, this you're a buffalo, so you got you got you ever heard this? You got cows, yeah. You got buffaloes, yeah. For anyone that's never heard it, basically, cows and buffalo can sense like when a storm is coming. They can intuitively intuitively sense that it's coming, and so cows will actually start to run away from the storm, and they'll run and they'll run, and as they're running, the storm just catches up with them, and because they're running with it, they just get rained on and and stormed on longer. Whereas a buffalo who senses the storm, and even though it's scary, they run towards the storm, into the storm. And what happens is, yes, at first it's scary to run through a storm, but as they continue forward, they actually pass the storm and they get to enjoy the benefits of the storm, which is, you know, more grass and rain and more food or whatever, whatever it is. And so in your case, like you're ready, bring it. Like you'll run into the storm if it ever happened again. Yeah. So what is the 2023, like now COVID's behind you and you, you know, you're a Buffalo. (laughs) Yeah. What is, uh, what's the plan? 
It's all franchise. Um, everything that we can do to improve unit economics, whether it's inbound lead gen, whether it's more support for our franchisees, um, we're, you know, we, in 2022, we launched, um, you know, websites for our franchisees that uh, ordering websites, uh, uh, a technology platform called Mobi mm -hmm. um, that, you know, integrates into our um, brand website. Uh, so we, we saw a nice shift of like, sales, you know, uh, more, a higher sales percentage going to like local, local pickup, local mm -hmm. delivery through the franchisee sites. Um, we're basically ratcheting back, ratcheting back heavily kind of the, the national brand marketing. Uh, so we're taking like all of our team, like our graphic designers, our, our content copywriters, our content curation folks, and it's all going to be focused on local, driving more traffic to local mm. websites, mm -hmm. uh, driving more B2B leads uh, to franchisees. So that's like kind of the shift in the game plan on, on you know, with existing franchisees. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like new franchisees and development, you know, we've, we've really like our process. It's amazing. Like franchise development process should never stay the same year over year. It should change every single year. Right. Like if you're like listening to this and you're a new franchisor, like whatever you started with three years ago, not that it's going to look completely different, but it should definitely look different. You know, um, you know what what we learned is you, you start to understand what franchisees are having success in your system. You start to better understand which KPIs drive the business uh, the furthest, and then you you need to provide solid education around what makes you successful. So mm -hmm. our, our, our development process is really turning into more of like an education process, you know? Right. Um, and then one of the things we learned and I, you know, um, I don't, don't think I'm any genius or anything, but I haven't heard a lot of this in franchising, but our business is a, you know, a, a roughly a hundred thousand dollar investment. So that just organically, and it's not going to change is it lends itself to a lot of first-time business owners. So someone that's never run a business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, mm -hmm. you see all the, you see all these classic things. There's someone that comes from corporate America. I hate my job. I want to be independent. I want to control my schedule. Um, right. All of right. these you things you hear over and over again, but you know, um, you know, Sally from, um, you know, whatever the corporate marketing team that she's worked on for 20 years, probably crushes marketing. Right. Right. But she probably doesn't know, anything about managing a small business P&L. Right. Or she's not probably great at human resources, right? So we, in 2022, I formed a partnership with uh, Action Coach, which is also a franchise system. And so we basically took Action Coach's 90-day business coaching program mm. and integrated our our KPIs into it. So it's their program. It's can work for any small business. Wow. So, you know, you come in with our training which, and you'll find, you'll find this out too, as you, as you grow your system, like franchisees are going to listen to you through the development process. They're going to listen to you for the first 90 days. And then you get into this relationship where you're a parent. Yeah. I always hate using that term, but you're, you're kind of, you know, a parent and they don't want to listen to you as much anymore. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like all of a sudden you, you know, don't know what you knew six months ago or whatever. Right, right. And this is a very natural so like a teenager and you're the parent. This is a very natural thing in franchising happens in every single system. So I'm like, we got to find a way to, to, to fix this, you know? Hmm. So now we have uh, our, our, our coach at Action Coach. 
he, you know, he, you know, he knows us, but he's not affiliated with our brand or anything else. Yeah. It's his yeah. show, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's part of their FTD and startup cost. But when they open the store, um, and I'm excited, we're moving, moving our first ones into this program now. They're going to business coaching. Like he's going to emphasize the KPIs that drive the business for our business, yeah. which every business has, doesn't matter what it is. Uh, but other than that, you know, he's going to, coach on, you know, uh, time management. Like, what do I get up and do and focus on every day? Uh, you know, it's a, a weekly call. Like, um, you know, have you ever read a P&L before? Do you know how to read a P&L? Do you know what's important about a P&L? Which sections? Yeah. Um, it, it's, I can, <laughs> I can whittle that down for you. It's mostly the top line always in growing revenue. But, um, you know, he, he's going to coach them on all this stuff. Just basic business principles through those first 90 days. And, um, I don't know for sure how it's going to turn out, but I, I feel bullish that it's helpful. I think it's a great selling point in the development process for, for, for a new business owner, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Brilliant. So you've outsourced the like a business coach. Yep. They're not within the brand, so they have that third perspective, outside perspective. The franchisee is paying for it within the item seven. It's, a, it's Correct. listed out as a it's cost. It's a startup cost, yeah. And and then they pay for that cost and then they they benefit action coach benefits from another customer your Correct. brand uh, benefits from a stronger franchisee Correct. in all areas accounting human resources all sales the, they're yeah. going to teach them everything yeah well, I'm, things. I'm struggling with employees which is the number one thing yeah. like across almost all brands if you're in a retail space uh and you know it, it, it's hard like i'll tell you the hardest thing about when i was a franchisee it, it, not only was it hard, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my career Yeah, was hiring retail um, sales associates mm. and, and retaining them. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just a very, it's a challenge that we all face. But one of the best things you can do to, to combat that challenge, which I wasn't doing successfully um, at the time or not doing either. So I'm not, you know, this is, I'm throwing myself into the, the, mix, the fray here or whatever, but you have to hire every week. Like you have to spend yeah. an hour going through resumes every week. And when you find someone that's good and you have to interview every week, you just hire them. Yeah. But nobody does that. It's the uh, Glengarry Ross, ABC, always be closing, always ABH, always be hiring. Always be hiring. Or always be recruiting. Yeah. In the retail space, you have to. Yeah. Um, when you play defense, when you play reactive hiring. Yeah. And you just need to fill hours because you have a job. You know, you're still you were semi absentee. You're still working your corporate job, or right. or like you know, I've had to do this a million times. Like you be having dinner with your family, and you've got to go to the mall and work the rest of the night. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, um, and it's going to happen regardless of how well you do it. But what would you say as we as we wrap up for 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 the show? Like, what would you say for someone in development? consultant development, whatever, franchise sales, what would you say is the a biggest, like if you had to say the biggest lesson you've learned or we've talked about here in development, what would you say it is? Focus on the candidate. Um, you know, I think most of the time we, we focus on trying to get the deal done or, you know, whatever the development goal is, which are all important. Um, focus on the candidate. Um, figure out what they need. Figure out what they're looking for. You know, know your shit, know your brand. Like, um, I, you know, getting back to the operations thing again, I can't harp on this enough, but back in 15, when, you know, I, I started at the very beginning, like, you know, at the very beginning of this relationship, 
I came to New York yeah. on my own. I spent a month here. I paid for it, came, got an Airbnb. And I just said, I want to work in the stores. Like, put me in the stores. I'll wash dishes, whatever. I'm like a develop, <laughs> development salesperson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I love that. Um, just have that mentality. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to come in um, and represent a brand and you're going to sell a brand. Yeah, yeah. Like, go go spend a week with the franchisor. Yeah. Go go work in the kitchen for a week. I, I'm Just learn, learn. I love that. Yeah. If you're a CEO, do that. Absolutely. I'm going tomorrow to, to ride around some trucks. Like, at yeah. the business where, like, riding the trucks, go to the job sites. Like, yeah. Just be inside of Learn the, it. the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's exciting. It's very cool. And you, you will know what you're talking about on those calls. Yeah. And, 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 and when you know that, you'll be helping the candidate. Yeah. Which is ultimately what will help you sell franchises. I totally agree. I complete, completely agree. Thanks for jumping on the show, man. Ben Woodruff, CEO, co-CEO of Whoops Macaroon. Um, thank you for tuning in. We will have another episode soon. And thanks again. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. If you want our help with anything from buying a franchise to franchising your business to anything in between, shoot us an email at franchisefounders at gmail.com.